Today I want to talk with you once again about daring faith. We talked about that last week, but this morning, what really happens when we all together as a church family, when we really do have faith that dares to believe that the things that Jesus touches, he makes possible? What really happens when we have that kind of daring faith? You see, moving forward beyond year 25, the question for us as a church family is really this. Will you look at God's vision for our future with eyes of faith or eyes of fear? That's really the question. As we talk about developing the park that we've been talking about, when we talk about planting another church, when we talk about funding another missionary and whatever else God puts on our heart, do you look at those things with eyes of faith or eyes of fear? Last week, I shared our future vision, and did you look at that vision with eyes of daring faith? Yes, God, we will step. Yes, God, we will do these things. Or the eyes of fear? God, I don't know. Well, the Bible tells us what faith is. Take a look at this. The Bible says, what is faith? And then it goes on and tells us. It is the confident assurance that what we hope for, that God has put on the hearts of our leaders... What we hope for is going to happen and to be certain of things that we don't yet see. You see, God put in my heart lots and lots of years ago that we're to be a church planting church. And for lots of years, we as a church family didn't see that. It was our hope. It was our dream. We knew God had put it in our heart as our vision. Couldn't see it, but we were certain that that's what God wanted us to do. And five church plants later, here we are. Today, I want us to look at what happens when we look at God's future with eyes of fear, but then what happens if we look at it with eyes of faith? I think a really good example of looking at God's future with eyes of fear is found in the Old Testament book of Numbers. You see, Moses had just led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. He had just freed them from Pharaoh's grip. Moses had just led them across the Red Sea, They're now living in the desert. They've been moving across the desert for about two years, and they now come to this place called Kadesh. And at Kadesh, they camp. And while they're camping there, they're preparing to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. This land that God had promised would be theirs for their future home while camping at the edge of the Jordan River in Kadesh. Moses chooses to send 12 guys into this promised land to check it out. Guys, we're here. We're about to go in. But guys, go check it out. Come back. Bring us a report. What's the soil like? What's the fruit like? What's the land like? What's what's the crops like? What are the people like? What are the cities like? Guys, go bring us back a report. And so they go do that. And when they come back, two of the guys say, man, it's awesome. Let's go in. Let's take it. But 10 of the other guys say, they're right, it's great, but we can't do it. It's beyond our abilities. We we can't go in and take this land. It's awesome, but we just can't do it. You see, 10 guys looked at God's best for their future with eyes of fear. Two guys looked at God's best with eyes of faith. So what happens if we look at God's preferred future for us with eyes of doubt and fear? Instead of faith. Write this down. 
looking at the future with eyes of fear, always leads to exaggeration. It always causes us to exaggerate. We exaggerate the obstacles that we see standing in the way of the vision. We exaggerate the difficulties. We exaggerate the problems. We exaggerate the the challenges that need to be solved. Fear always leads to exaggeration, saying, no, we can't do this. But you see, God had already promised them the land. God had already set them up. This is your land. This is what I have for you. You're now set free from Pharaoh. But they had already worried now about overcoming some local tribe in this land. They were worried. You know, folks, often God does a miraculous thing in our life. God touches our life, makes the impossible become possible. But then the next time we come up against some challenge, we look at it with eyes of fear instead of faith. Sometimes we quickly forget that what Jesus touches, he makes possible. Amen? That the touch of God, if we're walking in the center of his will, that the touch of God makes all things possible. But fear always leads to exaggeration. Here's what the 10 said. It is indeed a magnificent country, but (laughs) the people living there are powerful. Their cities are fortified. They're very large. And what's more, we saw Anakim giants there. Now, the Anakim people were kind of like the tribe of Luke Skywalker. (laughs) The force was strong with them. They were as big as NFL linebackers. They, They were big. They were strong people. And so 10 of the guys said they would crush us. So the majority of the report of the spies came back, and it was negative, the Bible says. It was negative. And you know what? A lot of times the majority report on anything that God wants us to do is negative. The truth is, when you, when you want to do something positive and big for God, sometimes you have to go against the majority report because the majority are sometimes looking with eyes of fear instead of eyes of faith. They said, these people will crush us. Now, the word crush in Hebrew, a call, means to eat up or to devour. So the people said, these guys are going to eat us alive. They are big, they're huge, they're strong. They're going to crush us, and then they're going to eat us. Now, the whole nation of Israel was excited about moving into this land that God had promised to them. They they had known that promise. They believed in that promise until the majority report came in. (laughs) They were excited about going forward, about crossing the Jordan. But when the report came in, they said, we can't do it. That negative attitude infected all of Israel. Listen close. When the next generation went into the promised land, I want you to get this. So when Israel finally got to go into the promised land, you know what their enemy said? Their enemy said, we've lived in panic all these years because we heard about the plagues of Egypt. We've heard about your God and what he did to the most powerful leader in the world. We've been scared and ready to surrender. So Israel walked around in the desert for 40 years because of eyes of fear. They walked around in the desert needlessly for 40 years because of fear. God was ready to give him, them his best to make his promise come true, but they backed up because of eyes of fear. And then, next, fear leads, write this down, to underestimation, not only exaggeration of the problems, 
but underestimation of our abilities. The Bible says this, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. These guys are so big. They said next to the giants, we felt like grasshoppers. We felt like nothing more than insects to just kind of be <laughs> crushed under these people's feet. They saw themselves in the same situation that they had in Egypt, slaves being threatened by a superior like Pharaoh. No ability to change their situation. No ability to change their future. So they underestimated their abilities. And fear will lead you to do that. Next, fear leads to self-pity. Write it down. Self-pity. And so they exaggerate the problems. We can't go do this. Look at these people. Look at this land. We don't have the ability. We, we don't have that. They underestimate their abilities. Then it leads to self-pity. They get down. They get discouraged. The Bible says, look at this. Then all the people began weeping aloud, and they carried on all night. Get, get this in your mind. This was the biggest outdoor pity party of all time. Two million people, all right? Two million people all night crying, weeping outside. The biggest pity party camping trip ever. Poor us, we have no home, we've lost our promised land. And it says they all began weeping aloud. And then fear leads to not just pity parties, but then to grumbling. To grumbling. You know, we start to see how bad things are, how things aren't turning out the way that we wanted them to in our lives. We get even more fearful and it leads to grumbling. The Bible says all the Israelites grumbled. They not only all cried, but now they all grumbled against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. And they said, we wish we just died in Egypt, they wailed. Or even here in the wilderness. So they mourned and then they murmured. They cried and then they complained. Fear always leads to exaggeration of the problems, underestimation of our abilities, self-pity over the unknown future or the loss, griping about the process, and then fear leads to blaming. Write it down. Who caused this? <laughs> when things don't turn out the way we want them to, when we don't see God's best happening in our lives, we begin to blame somebody and they said, why is, here it is, who they're blaming, why is the Lord bringing us to this land to be killed with swords? We'd be better off going back to Egypt. So first they griped about God's leaders, Moses and Aaron, leading them out of Egypt. Why don't you just take us back? And then they blamed God himself for putting them what looked like in a no-win situation, a life-and-death situation. They blamed God for not letting them go to the promised land. But catch this. God wasn't holding them back from the land he promised to them. It was their fear that was holding them back from God's best, God's greatest future, God's promise for all of these years. It was their fear because they wouldn't step out and trust God. Folks, that's what happens when you look at the future with eyes of fear. When you look at God's best for you with eyes of fear. But now what happens when you look at the future with eyes of faith? Write this down. Looking at the future with eyes of faith, trust God to fix the problems. 
When you have eyes of faith, you look and you, you see sometimes these overwhelming odds. <laughs> and the picture is, is not what you want it to be. You want it to be easy. You want it to step in and there's no challenge. So you see these overwhelming odds. But when you have faith in the Almighty One, you trust God to fix the problems. And so you don't trust your skills to figure it out. You don't trust in just your abilities or only your resources to fix the problems. Instead, you keep moving forward and trusting God to fix the problems. That's faith. God, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to step in the direction that you're leading us to go. And God, I expect you to do the rest. That's faith. Instead, you keep focused on the big God who's calling you to do bigger things. You keep believing your big God will overcome the big problems. The Bible says this, is anything too hard for the Lord? And all God's people said, no. no. All right, I had one good loud one. And all God's people said, no. <laughs> oh, I knew I'd have to prod you this morning. <laughs> Nothing is too hard for God. Jesus says himself, nothing is impossible with God. Jesus goes on and says, have faith in God. If you have faith in God and you don't doubt, you could tell this mountain or this obstacle, this overwhelming challenge to get up and jump into the sea and it would. Whatever you ask for in prayer will be yours if you only have the faith. God understands our weakness. He's not talking about 100% perfect faith. But if you have faith in him as almighty God, that whatever Jesus touches, he makes possible. That's what he's talking about. So listen close. Wherever God leads his people to go, whatever God leads his people to do, if his people who are called by his name will humble themselves and pray and ask God to meet their needs, and just keep moving forward in faith. Every obstacle that's in the way, even those that are as big as a mountain, will have to flee. And all of God's people said, amen. Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. So I'm challenging you here today to put faith in God more than you ever have before. In every area of your life, not only our vision, but every area of your life. I'm challenging you to trust God more than you ever have before. And if you do, you'll begin seeing God work in your life more than ever before. And you'll begin seeing God work in this church family like never before. You see, looking at the future with daring faith, trust God to fix the problems. And second, and then it trudges towards God's plan. And I like this word, trudges. Faith keeps trudging toward God's plan one step at a time until God's plan, until God's dream for his people, until God's future becomes reality. Now, lots of people think that this church facility here that we're in here today only took one year to build. I've had people drive by and say, I, I want a tour, I want to come in. I watched this build this, this whole last year. A lot of people think it take, took one year to build. 
But that's not true. It took six years to arrive at this plan of God for our church family. It took one year of listening to God for me to be absolutely sure that this is what God wanted. And then it took one year to plan and how to orchestrate the fundraising to even make it possible. Then it took three years for us to raise the funds, buy the property, design the facility, get all the city approvals. And then it took another year to build it. Folks, what I'm saying, it took six years of trudging (laughs) toward God's plan, God's best for his family, for God's dream to become reality. It was long and there were huge obstacles, but many of you were with us during that and you had daring faith. Once again, we dare to believe that Jesus can make all things possible. So we just kept trudging towards the dream And here we are, God's promised land for this church family where he said, I want you to move here and I want to bless you and cause you to flourish here. And had we not kept trudging, we would have missed God's best. The Bible says this, glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or ever, even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, highest thoughts, or hopes. You know, if there was ever a blank check verse in the Bible, that's it. <laughs> that's really it. He could do more than we can even dare to dream. I think a lot of Christians and a lot of churches really miss out and all that God wants to do in them and through them. God wants to do so much in our hearts and lives personally, but he wants to do so much more in us together corporately if we would only keep trudging towards his plan in faith. So as a church, we're dreaming once again some big dreams, but not one of them is too big for our God. Not one. I want to share with you about our current dreams. The current dreams are a church plant. And uh, many of you have known about that. And that church plant, Valley Friends, is done. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. David's off to a great start. Another part of our dream and our plan was a cash flow fund. It's done. It's funded. Another part was the park out here on the lawn. And we're just waiting now for the cash to come in and for that to be done. And so we're trudging along on that last part of our vision. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment as I talk about the park and our vision to finish that. Think about this. Our church is really a home. In this home, we have our church family. And it's here that you and your kids expand your family. And uh, having been in in this church now for over 25 years, um, it's fun to watch our kids grow up in the family. And today they would even tell you that they have lots of people in this church family that they consider aunts and uncles and adopted grandmas and grandpas. People that have spoken into their lives and walked with them and talked with them and prayed with them. So this church is really a home. It's a, an expanded family. Here your kids hear about Jesus, 
Here they invite Jesus into their lives. Here they proclaim him as their Lord. Here they begin using their gifts to serve him. And then as those kids grow and, and they graduate and they go off and, and they may, as they're trying to figure out, do I have my mom and dad's faith or is this faith my own? They may stray for even a while. But whenever they come back home for a visit or even for good, they remember the classroom where they heard about Jesus. They remember the baptismal where they were baptized and where they gave their testimony and proclaimed Jesus as their Savior publicly. They remember people that spoke into their lives and gave them some words of truth and encouragement. They remember where they, they played games and where they accepted Jesus. And then when they marry and they, they go off and job stress hits them and kids arrive and then they come back home and they strive to lead their house to worship the Lord. They remember what they learned in this church family. And I think that is kind of comparable to our homes. Now, at your home, you dream about ways to make your home more homey, right? You use that word, right? We do in Kansas, homey. You dream about how to make it better, how to make it more comfortable. You, you, what can we add to make home better and more comfortable? And so as a family, you sacrifice to make it a place where your kids want to be. You sacrifice to make it a place where your kids want to bring their friends. You sacrifice to make it a place where your kids will want to come back to. And so you do all you can to make your home a place that when your kids arrive back home, they say, ah, I'm home. I'm home. This feels right. This feels good. I'm, I'm home. And folks, that's what we're trying to do here at Canyon Hills when we talk about the park. We're simply trying to add something to make our home better. To make our home better for our family as well as others. A place where your kids and maybe someday your grandkids, where they really want to be. <laughs> where they really want to be. A place where they can bring their friends after school. A place where they really want to come back to day after day and just hang out. A place where kids can come back and walk and sit and pray. Read God's word. Remember what they experienced here. I feel that God has made the park, this part of his vision, our total vision. So this place can become really a home for years and years and years to come for lots and lots of people. And yes, it does require some daring faith and some sacrifice, sacrifice to make a home better. But the rewards will be far greater than our sacrifice. And by the time Canyon Hills celebrates its 50th year, can you believe that? Imagine that. 25 more years. By the time Canyon Hills celebrates its 50th year, folks, I won't be here. <laughs> That'd make me 110 or so. <laughs> I won't be here. But many of us here today will already be in heaven. And if God ever allowed me to get a glimpse of this place 
And more and more were coming to know him as Savior and Lord because this place was truly a home where people felt welcomed and loved. You know that I, you all know that I'd be crying clouds of tears. Clouds full of tears. Tears of great joy. Because we had taken steps of faith again and again and again to make this a better home for all that God wants us to reach in this city and our surrounding cities. So we can look at this plan of God for a future and the eternal future of others with eyes of fear or eyes of faith. But folks, what I don't want to do is to get to heaven and realize that if I just would have had a little more faith in God, if I would have just trusted him for just a little bit more, that I could have done more, that I could have helped more experience a relationship with Jesus and eternal life with him. And I don't want to get there and say, man, I could have done more. No. Today, I want to stretch my faith in God. And I want to push you to stretch your faith in God. I want to trust him to provide for all that we need to accomplish his vision. At age 25, it's time for this church family to not only come alive, but to push forward and thrive. Amen? To thrive. So I want us to ask God to do things in us and through us that are bigger and better. You see, I had a lot of people that I graduated with that also went into pastoral ministry. And it breaks my heart that I've seen lots of them just get comfortable and stop trusting God, stop moving forward, just kind of become a little family and never reach out, never go help, never go serve. See, that, that isn't what God has for his people, to just get comfortable. He wants us to keep pushing. Amen? Oh, come on. All right, three of you believe it. Amen. <laughs> he wants us to keep pushing. Now, we've had daring faith in the past, but it's time for it again. And so if you'll join me, I guarantee you that our future will be a blast. And so I'm asking you again today to help take us all the way home on the Beyond Ourselves Challenge. The last part to be fulfilled is to build the park. I'm asking you to help us make our home better for our kids and all who come. To help God's vision for our home become reality. And so... This is where we are to date on our goal. If you'd like to pull out this Beyond Ourselves card, I, I put it in your, your handout again this morning. This is where we currently are. Currently, our goal is $395,000. And we started this at the end of last fall. And so we're about halfway through our giving period. And so uh, as we get through this giving period, giving is doing right on time with the pledges that were made. So the current pledges are $157,976. Current giving is $84,000. So a little bit past halfway, keeping right up with the giving period of this whole year of giving to make this park happen. Total pledges still needed, though, if we're going to reach our goal of $395,000, is $237,000 more pledges that need to be made. And so total cash still needed to make this happen is $310,000. So this is where we need to go. This is where we need to get. And our commitment to you is that we're just waiting on the cash to come in. Uh, we're not, as a church, going to take on debt. We believe this is something God can do through us and in us. It's not beyond our abilities. 
but we're not going to go in debt. We're going to wait till cash is in hand. Then we're going to turn over the dirt and we're going to get started. So presently, our leadership is getting everything teed up through the city, all the plans, all the approvals, all of those kind of things are getting teed up, but then it's going to go on hold until the cash comes in hand. Okay? We think that's great stewardship. So that's how we're going to proceed. So if you take a look at this card, I just want to encourage you again to say, what can I do, God, to make this a better home? God, to help Canyon Hills accomplish this vision that you put on their hearts to make it a better home, to help reach more kids, more youth, more students, more adults through the development of the rest of this property. Would you go home and pray and ask God? And maybe you've already made a pledge. Would you ask God, God, can I do more? Is there something more I can do? Is there something I can sell? One of my kids? Or, no, no. <laughs> Is there something I can get rid of, God, to make this happen? What, what, what can I do? Or uh, make a pledge for the very first time. Say, I want to be a part of that. I want to see that happen for our community so the kids all through the day can come and, and even early evening come and have a place to be, a place to hang out. And yes, we're going to hire security. We're going to take care of all those security needs so people can be on site and have a home, a place in this community to be. And then just bring this card and this, or a gift back with you next Sunday. Next Sunday's Father's Day. And so, men, I just want to talk with you. Men, what can you rise up and do? I don't want just the wives, just the women to go home and think about this. Men, I want us to think about, God, what are you asking me and my house to do? And maybe bring back a new pledge or a new card next week. And then just start. Just start trudging towards that commitment one step at a time. And by faith, God will make it possible. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Folks, let's get beyond ourselves. Let's consider others. Let's make our home more effective, better for all of our ministries here that we're already doing, as well as reaching other people. You see, daring faith trusts God to fix the problems, the financial ones, the city ones, whatever they are. And daring faith trudges towards God's plan. And so if we all do our part and dare to believe that the touch of Jesus makes everything possible, we'll see the park soon. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? As I pray this prayer, would you just kind of repeat it in your heart? Father, I want to be a person of daring faith. And I want to see your touch make the park possible for our church home. I believe you have more for us to do and more people for us to reach. So I will listen and do what you ask me to do. And I'll trust you to do the rest. Lord Jesus, we just lift this vision that you put on our hearts to you. Lord, in your time, in your way, we already see it by faith. We thank you for it. We move towards it. Lord, we trust you to make it happen. In your name we pray. Amen.